everyone and welcome to the 20th episode of 101 George Street, the podcast from Mowbray, Scotland's National Centre for Children's Literature and Storytelling. My name is John Malloy and today I'll be chatting to Ali Anderson-Dyer, who is the Artistic Director of Bunbury Banter CIC, an award-winning theatre company in southwest Scotland who specialise in creating immersive productions for and with the community. Ali, what's your favourite children's story and why? Okay, I kind of, I think, like, childhood is such a long period of time. So I would say I've got a son who um, is amazing and he's two and we're on, we're in the middle of um, Winnie the Pooh. And I'm sorry, but Winnie the Pooh is integral to every, like, I just, oh my goodness, I love Winnie the Pooh. Um, So Winnie the Pooh is in the running. Um, And then later on, maybe Matilda. Um, I loved Matilda, really spoke to me, um, didn't have a great family um, and loved books, had an amazing, amazing um, person at school who was really inspiring and um, she was nothing like Miss Honey. She was a kind of stern maths teacher, but she was amazing. Um, and so, yeah, so, and I, and I obviously couldn't do magic, but I like to think that I was uh, Matilda and I hadn't quite found my magic yet. So maybe Matilda. And if not, weirdly, I thought maybe Lord of the Flies, which is kind of a dark, a, a particularly dark one, if you look at that alongside the other two. Um, and I just, it was something about, I loved Lord of the Flies. I love the kind of escapism into the island. I love the drama, the sort of camaraderie with the boys until it all goes wrong. The idea that, um, that sort of human psychology can work in that way and and the kind of and we had um we sort of late well later on I I directed the show um and worked on it with an all-female cast and that was I was just fascinating it made me fall in love with the book even more um sort of just flipping everything over so maybe Lord of the Flies and I've just joined the party with Northern Lights (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with the dark materials is dark materials so i'm i'm i it's, it's not a favorite book it doesn't you know start there with the others but um but yeah we'll see i'm halfway through the first book right now so i think you covered all the bases there you've got winnie the pooh um <laughs> and there's actually i think there's a common thread here there's winnie the pooh it does it does teach quite a lot of life life lessons and there's also a degree of wish fulfillment there particularly with christopher robin and then you've got Matilda, which is very, so many people connect with the character of Matilda, uh, male and female, this idea that you, you've got special powers or you're young, but you're intelligent and it's a celebration of intelligence. It's um, also an escapism into books, you know, and books, I, I mean, I think as we spoke before, I'm I'm proudly dyslexic. It's and it was something that uh, caused me obviously a lot of difficulty in certain areas. But for me, once I got the hang of being able to read and and access books, books are, are magic, you know. And they're, they're they're entrances into worlds and experiences, and you know. And and so I really connected with it from that point of view of a kind of escapism um, mm. in books that I think Matilda shares. I think um, if you certainly come to books comparatively late in your development um i did it too but again i think the, the listeners already know i'm dyslexic and i didn't really get into reading until i was about 10 
11. They were always really scary. And then eventually something clicked. Something clicked. And then that was it. I was racing through Terry Pratchett like no tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was, it was literally like the worlds were opened up to me. And again, this connects with, with the character of Matilda, this idea of it's a love of books and it's a love of learning. And if you are an individual who are suddenly, you suddenly have that experience where the world of books are, is opened up to you, it's, it's a hugely profound experience. And and also when I was before, um, there was a whole period sort of in my, I want to say like maybe seven or eight, where um, there was a series called Talking Classics. Um, I don't know how, how old you are, so I don't know whether this, sort of resonates with you but it was like a magazine with tapes mm. and it was all of the classic literature and I probably shouldn't maybe I would, might have been a bit older um there was things like Tess of the D'Urbervilles which I adored and um and Oliver Twist um mm. big Dickens fan and 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 Sons and Lovers which as I say I'm not entirely sure I should be listening to um quite that early in life uh but you know audio books have always been really really useful to me like it's another alternative when I'm tired of reading and when you know the extra for me at least I don't know about you but it feels like extra concentrate like I have to really concentrate to learn, to, mm. to like read and that's fine and I love it but it it's hard sometimes and audio books have offered me a, a another another road into those worlds if that makes sense Particularly with classics, I completely get what you're saying because I've tried reading Frankenstein three times uh, over the years and I just couldn't access the book because of uh, the, the archaic language and the, the type of English. Um, anything kind of pre-1920s, I really can't read because it, I lose patience and my dyslexia plays up and, you know, words start bouncing around. But if I listen to them in audio book, I'm starting to listen to, this sounds very posh, and pretentious, but I've started listening to War and Peace, which was, I would not oh. read that book. I would not read that book, but I've started listening to it and I'm, I'm thinking, okay, but I'm accessing it. And I think that's one of the great things about audio books, particularly if you have difficulties with reading for whatever reason, is that again, it allows you to access the story and the narrative. 100%. Um, and the only thing, I suppose there's a small caveat and a warning because I'm from theatre. Um, I would just say, if you've tried um one type there's lots of audio recordings which are sort of done by computers or mm. or done by um uh, people who are maybe just reading it or try don't give up after the first one if you don't find someone that you can really um listen to and it, it's not easily accessible and you don't you know I don't know it's like a book you read the first page and go is this for me um or the first 30 pages if you can cope with it in the same way it's like the first five minutes maybe and if you're transport if you're there this is the one for you and if not particularly with the classics there are loads of people who do them so you know go and find someone who someone else who appeals to you someone else who speaks to you because yeah it's totally worth it Bunbury banter yeah what is Bunbury banter Bunbury banter is the um theatre company that I am the artistic director of um we're based here in the beautiful wonderful place that is Dumfries and Galloway um I guess in the short, we make um, sort of multi-sensory, um, so work that kind of accesses all our senses. So we often talk about um, smell, for example. I'm always talking about smell within plays and, and pieces. Um, immersive, so pieces that you really dive into, much like the audiobooks, perhaps, of my childhood. Um, and theatre productions. So that doesn't necessarily mean from in a theatre, um, but it's something that I would term as a theatre production. I think we make work that 
it's designed to kind of actively actively um, encourage the audience to have a response um, and to kind of ask us all to look at the world from a new perspective, if that makes sense. I think that's something that we have in common with all our pieces. And we're passionate about working with the community and young people particularly um, and sort of introducing them or developing their skills through theatre and through that might be through participating in theatre in theatre um, in projects or workshops or it might be engaging with theatre and coming along to the shows. One of the things I, I noticed when I, I first moved to Southwest Scotland is um, you're certainly one of the most active professional theatre companies in Southwest Scotland and uh, a lot of the projects that you do do they're very much either youth orientated or at least community orientated and you seem to be of big believers in helping the community whoever that may be it could be vulnerable groups it could be young people whoever that may be access stories and storytelling through theatre and you seem to be really uh, good at at doing that at connecting because southwest scotland obviously it's quite a rural place um yeah. and there's a lot of rurally isolated communities and individuals but you seem to be able to access that which i think is great thank you thank you um i think I think for me, um, and I've said this so many times that anyone who knows me will be bored by this, but for me, theatre is just a form of storytelling. So um, theatre can happen when you're telling someone on the bus how you saw a wicked programme last night, um, or when you're watching two people talk about, um, I don't know, what they did at lunch or, you know, it happens all the time. It's just a type of experience, experiential, um, experience-led storytelling. And if that's the case, then there is absolutely no reason why everyone can't access it. Um, and I think a lot of theatre, you talk about it being rural here. I mean, I I love it. I found, I love Dumfries and Gallery. I'm, I, again, I bore people with how much I love Dumfries and Gallery. But, um, you know, it's it's where my heart lives, this place. And I think part of it is because... Um, because it's so beautiful and because it's so rural. And for me, um, I think there's something really special about going into a theatre and the world and the lights and the, the community, the kind of magical temporary community that we create every time we are engaged in something like that. And then, and then weirdly like driving home in the dark, in a rural, down a little lane, the kind of, that's so inspiring to me um, in the same way that like, the landscape is the landscape is so inspiring you know it's I kind of look at it and you can see the history here you know the, the stories are all around us from from years and years ago and you can see it in the landscape and you can see it in the kind of we're talking about ruins earlier on today and you know you can see these things around all the time and they're all just stories and that's that's amazing Dumfries and Gallery is full of it absolutely full of it and just because you know, we're not in a city. There's absolutely no reason why we can't have a really amazing theatre. Um, and we should have access to that, I believe. So. Absolutely. I mean, one of the great things about living in a, in a dramatic area is that it lends itself to drama. And when you have a region that has cliffs and the sea and forests and hills and mm. um, everything, any, any kind of la landscape that you can imagine all rolled into one, it's very inspiring. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, that I, I remember when I first got here, I um I, I teach, uh, obviously I teach as well. Um, and I teach one to one uh 
sort of either drama lessons or, or kind of audition prep for actors or whatever. And I had one um, young actor come up from London who I was still teaching because we, we spent a decade in London before we came here. And um, so I was still teaching. I, I did Zoom lessons or not Zoom, it was Skype um, when it wasn't fashionable. And um, and she was doing this big Greek drama, which, um, you know, the, the Greek theatre is all about these big dramas and these big subjects. And and having come from London, you know, she didn't know how loud she could be. That sounds really weird to me being because I came from rural Suffolk. So I'm like, I was loud. But um you know, she lived in this tiny little block and she lived with people above and below her and she didn't know how loud she could be. And this speech needed to be massive. Um, and so I, I brought her up here um, and we went to the Dalveen Pass, which I just love, which is um, sort of just the road that goes to, to the big road to Glasgow. Um, and we stopped the car and climbed over a fence and I put her on the edge of the Dalveen Pass and said right the serpent that comes out of the hills or whatever the speech said look it comes down here now do the speech <laughs> um, and I may have done that a few times with a few different people um, <laughs> because it is it's so inspiring and you can get them in fact now I think about it last term I had one of my lovely young Sanka students standing outside on a hill <laughs> So yeah, it's really, really inspiring. Um, absolutely, you know. absolutely. And if I ever, if I'm ever walking in the countryside and I hear Sophocles being belted out across the valleys, <laughs> I'll blame you. Yeah, that that might be my my fault. <laughs> I'd like to talk about the uh, young playwrights program that Bunbury Banter are recruiting and are about to run in 2021. Hugely exciting. But for the people listening at home, what is the young playwrights program? Okay. Um, our young playwrights program. I'm so excited. I love. I love it. We've run it for one. We've run it one year before. Um, so far, um, so it's it offers um, a small group of young writers um, from or, or here in Dumfries and Galloway um, the opportunity to develop their writing and their skills in a kind of theatrical medium over the course of a year. And they are guided and mentored by me, lucky things, um, and my wonderful team. And, and they get workshops with amazing um, playwrights and creatives from across the UK. They get, as I say, what mentorship and guidance from us. They get, um, we have regular play readings. We watch theatre productions and we create work over the course of the year. And the year ends with a... Um, them creating up to 20 minutes of original work, of their work, um, which is then developed and um, rehearsed by professional actors and, and professional team, um, which is then shown in a sort of semi-staging for an industry and the audience. Um, and the idea behind this is we're sort of showcasing their talents and introducing them to the industry and people who have the ability to advise and encourage and assist them on the next stage of their career, whatever that may be. Um, so it's for young creatives, people who are sort of interested in storytelling or having their voice heard. As I say, it's running this year. Um, this year it's from March until March. Thank you, COVID. Um, but it's from March until March. Um, and it's created in partnership with the Theatre Royal in Dumfries, um, with the wonderful Peter Pan, Ray Bray, you guys. And, uh, and it's funded by the Hollywood Trust and Creative Scotland. And we've got support from um, the Playwright Studio Scotland and the Dumfries and Galloway Arts Festival. 
Um, so we've got some amazing partners and amazing people we're working with. Fantastic. And again, the great thing about the programme from a Mulbray point of view, again, obviously there's elements of story storytelling because it's playwriting, you're telling stories and you're creating stories. What the Southwest Scotland area, again, we're a rural community. So giving young people in the region the opportunity to a, learn about playwriting and learn the techniques and skills, but also um, to be exposed to industry professionals so that they can guide them through that process and they can have that one-to-one -one contact time, which is really, it's quite rare actually in the arts where you're able to, to work with people who are working within the arts. It's, it's a wonderful opportunity. And I think for young people, irrespective of where they are in the region, to be able to apply for this programme um, and seize this opportunity if they are interested in going into the theatre, even if they don't want to be a playwright in the end of it, if, they, if they're kind of interested, oh, I might want to be a director, but I don't know, a little bit uncertain, but I, I kind of want to work in the theatre. It's a great opportunity for them to uh, pursue. Absolutely. I think, as I say, genuinely, it's, it's there for people who are interested in telling stories um, and who have something to say or feel like their voice needs to be heard. And I think that's that's the key. Um, and you're right. You know, we had we had a couple of last year who applied, who applied because um, one of them specifically, she's, you know, she's always loved acting, but she doesn't know anything about the other areas. And, you know, and she applied and there was something really interesting in what she wrote and we started talking to her and we were like yeah okay let's let's get you on board and she's created a beautiful piece at the end of the year absolutely stunning um you know and she herself will say i i don't know if she's going to carry on playwriting but she certainly will carry on creating work. She might end up being more of a, of a creator um, and that may involve writing her own plays and therefore in the same way all of the skills that we've taught them will support that journey, whatever that may be. How could, okay, so I'm a young person based in Dumfries and Galloway. How can I go about applying for this amazing programme? Okay, um, so we, this is where I'm going to ask you some things. So we, mm -hmm. we're asking you, for, there's a short application form, um, which we're hoping, I think it's only two pages. It's just sort of your information um, about you, like what your name is. Um, and then we're asking you to do three things. And I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot uh, and ask you, so... If you were asked to write a play today, and I could give you all the tools to do that, mm. what do you think your play might be about? Um, I'm going to go with the obvious at the moment, because okay. obviously at the time of recording, this is in uh, January 2021. It would be the lockdown. What about the lockdown? Let's see. Um, obviously, there's, the lockdown is, is such a huge theme if you want to explore a huge topic, but it would be the, the, the yearnings about the simple bits of normality which you're no longer able to do or you're having to do with extreme difficulty. So it would be missing human contact. It would be the issues involving wanting to watch the football in a communal setting. That's a big one for me. And I didn't think I would miss it until I started missing it. And the more the lockdown or the continuing lockdown is, is rolling on, the, the, the need to be, in, to be near people is surprisingly strong uh so it would probably be that that this kind of idea of needing to be near people in a crowd and, and not feeling kind of as if you're you know you're under threat that's lovely that's lovely so a play about needing to be with one another yeah about the yearnings that we have to do things collectively that's awesome so that's your idea that's it done mm. now let me move on a bit um 
Can you imagine what that play might look like? Can you tell us a bit more about it? Oh, uh, in terms of staging? In terms of what you imagine it to be like. Could be staging, yeah. So it could be, so is it a one-person play, for example, that you're imagining? Let's see. Um, I'm going to try not to bring in lots of industry jargon into, the, into this conversation, but I see it as a three-hander, so there will be three actors, Mm-hmm. Um, separated because I want to be s- symbolic so the positions are different parts of the performance space in their own little pools of light <laughs> and they, they're yearning to be in contact with the other pool of light this is very deep it's amazing like, can, can I just say like I know I warned you I might ask you something but I, you've got to play you realise this right um, okay so <laughs> I've now asked you and, and, and if you were applying as my young person I'd yes. say could you just write a paragraph about that please um, which I get the distinct impression you could probably write a little bit more than a paragraph, but just a paragraph for us. Um, so you've got a play about the yearnings and, and the wants to be connected, and you've got a paragraph about it, about the, a three-hander, so three actors sitting in three pools of light, desperately wanting to be connected. Beautiful. The last thing I'm going to ask you to do, and we won't do this right now um, for obvious reasons, but the last thing we'll ask you to do is then have a go at writing a scene from that play. Okay, so it could be the scene that you're imagining. It could be the beginning. It could be the end. It could be any moment within that play. And it doesn't it doesn't need to be formatted like a play. You don't need to worry about what it looks like. It's just what do I see? Are there things that I see? Are there things that um, I hear? Are things that people say? And it's writing that down. And this can be really, really short. It can be just half a page. Um, and there are no wrongs. This is really important. I say this to everyone that I always work with, anyone that I work with pretty much. Um, Theatre is not science. There are no yes or no's. There's no right or wrong. It's not maths. So um, there are no wrongs to this. What we're really interested in is people's ideas and people's thoughts and what they want to say to the world. So that last thing. So a short scene from a moment within the play. The whole thing should be less than two pages. And with the application form, that's it done it's it's simple and not just that but and the great thing about the application form is um, that you, you by allowing them to express themselves because some people might not be aware how um play scripts are structured um and that that might be a bit intimidating so if they're able to just kind of express themselves free-handed as it were um to create that scene that is that could be quite um freeing for a young person who might not have had experience in drama or experience reading playtext. I hope so. I hope so. I think it's a little bit like Shakespeare. Um, you know, people think, or, or I've come across a lot of people, that's awful, people think. There's a great big, uh, yeah, some people I've come across who haven't had experience in, in Shakespeare when I'm teaching them. Um, will be like, oh, I don't understand this, or this is for, for rich people, posh people, clever people, whatever else, but not me. And actually, Shakespeare's for everyone. It's just, we need to sit down and understand it. That's all. And, you know, the RSC, the Royal Shakespeare Company, sit down with that first play, the, 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 the first rehearsal, and go, okay, let's read it. And then they go, okay, what on earth does that mean? Like, what on earth is going on? You know, we're not, it's not some secret language. And in the same way, you learn about it, you you analyze it. And in the same way, we can teach people how to 
put a play on a piece of paper, how to format, how to, that's not what the important thing is. It's what's important is their ideas and their thoughts and their voice. And when they're communicating what that scene or what that play is, it's about how they do that. It's about, you know, us understanding that. Well, if that's the case, why do you think it is important for young people to be able to express them, themselves through writing? And I think that's, um, that question has greater um, importance in the moment because obviously through the lockdown, we're all looking for, for ways to express ourselves in general. Why do you think it's important? Yeah, um, so this is, uh, this is a biggie. Um, so I, I actually think that um, it's really important for everyone um, to express themselves, young and old. We, it's really important for us all to do it. And writing is just one variety of ways of doing that. But um, playwriting is a really special um, art form because it encompasses like such a, a journey from the spark of an idea to the final piece on stage. And because it has such variety within, within the medium of theatre. So, for example, it could be a story like yours with three people talking about um, separation through through COVID. It could be an interactive show about Rabbi Burns or, or, or <laughs> climate change. It could be a puppetry show with song and dance about snowflakes. It could be literally anything. There's such a variety. And that makes the pieces or the plays as unique as the writers themselves, which is really exciting. Um, so that's number one. It's also um, the journey um, that it takes a playwright to arrive at a play. So it, it's really fascinating to, to be involved with or to watch. And I think uh, as our young playwrights from last year would probably attest to, um, it helps develop your own sense of belief, I think, your sense of self-belief and your, your views and your thoughts on the world, as well as understanding other people's beliefs and other people's thoughts and, and subjects in things, subjects or things that you haven't necessarily experienced before. And it can also um, really help our own self-confidence and um, the belief in our unique voice and the fact that we have a right to put our point of view out there and, and to see the world in a way, in our particular way, and and tell people about it, because we all have that right. But I think sometimes young people feel like maybe they're not meant to do that, or they're not allowed to say that. And playwriting is one outlet for that. Um, I also think, because there's loads of reasons, so I'm on this, right? I also think that collaboration is really important part of it. So um, the connections and the friendships you make, um, I think, um, as you might agree, that um, there's something really special about working on a project um, and the relationship with the people that you work on that project with. If you're all really passionate about that, there's a kind of camaraderie and, a, and an energy that comes out of that relationship. And I think that can be really special and certainly life affirming, if not life changing. So the thing about playwriting and the journey about it in addition to the things I've said, is that there's this camaraderie, there's this collaboration that goes on. Because as a playwright, you start by writing a play, and then there's this moment where you open it up to someone, you show it to someone, and you have their thoughts, and then you show it to another person, and then another person, and then eventually you show it to a production team. And, and then eventually, even more, you show it to the audience. And every time you do that, this, this play that you wrote, sort of 
morphs and changes and our understanding of it morphs and changes with it. And I think, I think that's part of the magic of theatre and it's part of the magic of being involved in new writing and, and playwriting as, a, as an art form because plays are destined to be off the page in a way that other writing isn't necessarily. Um, they're destined to belong to other people and, and in that sense, like, live for want of a better word. Well, speaking about the magic of the theatre and the arts in general, considering the current COVID situation, why do you think the arts are important? Okay, why? so the arts, generally speaking, are, are essential to our lives, I believe. They're, they're essential. They um, illuminate our lives and enrich us emotionally and spiritually and, and as individuals. Um, and they give us they give us space to like question and challenge and interrogate our beliefs and our society's norms and analyze historical or contemporary events and and find new empathy and understanding from being able to be in other people's shoes um, as well as entertain us let's not forget so I think creativity in the arts is the ability to change things and affirm things and and that's why it's absolutely vital to our lives, as well as solving problems. Mm. Um, you need creativity and the arts to solve problems and also to inspire us and to encourage us to dream. Um, why is it more important now? I think, um, I think over the last year, we have plugged in, and I'm gonna talk generally for a second. I think we've all plugged into the arts in a really serious way. You know, from TV binges to, to films, to obviously theatrical productions, but also kind of online. I've been involved in so many online kind of theater gaming role play things to murder mysteries online, um, to, to the participatory nature of, of things. So, so, you know, doing, photograph make make it create creating photographs taking photographs creating art writing things down it's all part of the arts and it's all part of our survival you know we want it to entertain us to to help us escape we want it to find the answer for things we want to use it to connect with one another you know be that through those experiences so so you sit and you you meet people through these experiences on online i've met a lot of people through some online experiences um, or maybe it's because you've seen something that's amazing and you've got on the phone and you've gone, oh, I watched this thing on Netflix and it was awesome. And you have a conversation about that rather than a conversation about COVID. Mm. You know, it, it gives us those connections and it gives us it gives us the energy and the want and the, and the aspiration to dream beyond what we're doing right now. And that is hope and that's survival. And that's and we need the arts. We need the arts for that. Yeah, as well as all the economic and wonderful and well-being and society things that we need the arts for. But for me, I think it's that. Do you think it will lead to, I mean, I completely agree with you. And I think what the great thing about the arts, and we've seen this through our history, is that as well as allowing people to express themselves creatively, but it also allows them to reflect on major moments and interpret that reflection into something new and different. But do you think this will lead to a greater appreciation of the arts? And I'm, I'm asking this question because um, I had a an interesting conversation with a member of my family uh, when they found out that yeah, Emma Dale is going to cease filming for a bit 
and it was it was as if the world had kind of stood still now this family member isn't what you would call um, a very arty person they don't really they don't really see the theater they don't really see access to the arts that much um but when they said oh my god they're going to stop filming emmerdale so they're not going to see these stories develop it's suddenly and i remember having a long conversation with this person they suddenly dawned on them the importance of the arts and the fact that it is a wonderful, it was a wonderful magical distraction and a form of escapism where it's like, oh God, okay, fair enough. And quite a lot of people, I think, have started going, there's a real hunger to access more new material and new stories at the moment because people are racing through things or things that were kind of like constants are kind of having to stop. I hope so. I hope so. I suppose um, I'm coming from a sort of, theatre point of view and I guess mm, I think that theatre needs a bit of a rebrand um, and I think that the like your family member who wouldn't necessarily say they were part of the arts or interested in the arts I think we need to relink that I think um, actors quite often come from drama schools who are versed in stage work um, you know nearly always um, it, there, there is a link back to theatre and I think I would I would love to think that um, there is an increased demand for the arts after COVID. I think there is an increased demand in lots of different directions of some art forms. And I hope that theatre um, can get into that conversation and can kind of open up our accessibility if that makes sense. I, I worry that um, that we're quite, it, we can come across as quite a closed industry, that it's, you know, theatre is only for some people and theatre is, you know, this, this place that people don't go, that uh, certain types of people go or certain types of people read plays. And I think it's rubbish. I think that's absolutely rubbish. And I think there's a responsibility in lots of different directions, but there is a responsibility to us as theatre makers to try and break those boundaries and to try and um reach out to people so we will continue to do that um and covid hasn't stopped that we've 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 created an online we created an online game called werewolf mm. um which is a essentially a rehearsal game i guess or a game that um some people might play at christmas uh, it's a kind of role-playing game where everyone's um villagers and some people are werewolves and the werewolves at night time kill some of the villagers and the villagers have to work out who the werewolf is. Um, and we created an online storytelling version of that um, through Zoom. And it was great fun. We're still doing it. In fact, some people, we've got a birthday party coming up in two weeks that someone wrote to us and went, I really want to do this for a birthday. And we we're like, yes, let's do it. Because it's a type of theatre. It's a type of theatre. It's just people, uh, you know, we need to say that. Do you know what I mean? That's That's what's important, I think. Absolutely. Um, and it's one of the reasons why um, programmes such as the Young Playwrights programme is really important because it's again, it's an it's an access route into the arts, particularly if you um, come from a background where you have a perception of the theatre. The fact that we call it the theatre can be a bit intimidating, but it's a really it's a good route to to show young people in particular that as you say, it's not an elitist thing. It's not a scary thing. It's not this big, terrifying, okay, that's not for me. It's actually for everyone. Absolutely. I 100%. And it's, you know, it is what you do all the time when you're storytelling and it's what you watch on Netflix. And it's, you know, it's, it's the root of all of that. Storytelling has been around 
since man and Greece has been, you know, sorry, theatre has been around since ancient Greece, you know, and we will prevail from that point of view. Um, you know, I think it's been heartbreaking in a way that I never thought I would ever experience watching what's happened to our industry in the last year. Um, you know, and I've had my whole life has been part of theatre and, and looking at it and going, oh my goodness, there was a moment, there were moments where I was like, wow, the world without theatre, how does that work? Like, I don't, I'm, and then I had an amazing, um, almost lecture from Douglas Maxwell, who's an awesome playwright. Um, he was like, theatre won't end. It's all right. It's just storytelling. And I was like, you're right. Of course it is. And he's like, theatre survived the television. <laughs> like, it's fine. Um, so as I say, you know, we will be all right. Um, uh, it's just, we might need a rebrand, in my opinion. And yeah, and, and I hope that, you know, the work that we make is always trying to reach out in different ways um, to people and kind of, I'm really interested in, I love traditional theatre, but I want to, to mess with that boundary. I want to kind of go, how do I in, make traditional theatre work for people's real lives? And how do I make it as appealing as sitting down with popcorn and watching a film at home in your pyjamas? Oh, speaking of which, um, and speaking about pushing through and, and messing with boundaries, what what are the next steps for Bunbury Banter moving forward? Um, so, well, the next steps are hopefully um, the the Young Playwrights Programme. Um, I'm really, really excited to, to read and, and I'm hoping to sort of get out. It's, it's so difficult when, there's, um, when you're not able to get out, but I'm hoping to be able to chat um, to lots of, of young people and sort of meet them and have this kind of a conversation with them um, in the region. I'm hoping sort of, we're hoping to orchestrate that through schools and colleges at the moment. So that's going on. Um, we're carrying on with our education work. So I teach in a variety of different places. Um, some of that has gone online. Some of that is waiting to go back. Um, and then creatively speaking, um, we've got two projects we're working on this year. One's a very big project um, that I can't tell you very much about. It's really exciting. I'm so excited about it. So I can tell you that it'll be something unique, fun, and closer to home than you would think. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll be able to shout about it around Easter, um, I think. So that will be coming out towards the summer. Um, and so, yeah, look, keep an eye on our social media and our website and mailing list if you're on it, because um, we'll be shouting at it through there. And then there's something, hopefully towards the end of the year, there's a sort of um, a developing piece um, that's going to work in a different medium altogether. So, yeah. Fantastic. Well, I'm really looking forward to those projects. Um, Ali, it's been brilliant. Thank you for popping on the show. Um, really interesting, um, uh, particularly with regards to the Young Playwrights Programme. And if I'm a youngster, uh, a young person in Dumfries and Galloway, and I want to apply, how do I go about applying? So if you are between 16 and 25, and you are interested in storytelling and learning more, go and find our website, which is www.bunbanter.com. That's B-U-N-B-A-N-T-E-R.com. Or find us on any of the social media platforms. Get in touch. Um, if you can't find the questions or the, or the application, just pop us an email, pop us a message. And if you would rather submit in a different way, again, please just open up the conversation with us. And we can't wait to chat to you. Excellent. Ali, thank you. Thank you. 
That's your lot, guys. Thank you so much for popping by. I've been John Malloy, and don't forget to join me next week as I explore the realms of creative learning, storytelling, and children's literature. Bye-bye for now.